Yeah, you messed up on the readings today because uh, I used the readings from uh, Holy Innocence Day, which the church remembers on December 28th, and that's when Herod had all the young boys two years and under put to death because he uh, he feared that uh, Jesus was amongst them. And you heard that in the gospel lesson today. And so let us pray for those who take the lives of God's holy innocence today in our world, just as the atrocity happened back in Jesus' time. It's happened throughout time when the innocent lives of God's creation are taken away. So we pray that those people who do those types of things, their hearts are changed. You know, I was thinking about a title for this sermon today. I thought about blinders. You know, you've seen horses with these things and like this. They go, you know, and the driver of the horses is steering them which direction to go. Sometimes that's the way we have to have with our faith, too. Um, this past week, I have a brother-in-law who has cancer in the leg, and he's had chemotherapy, and it hasn't really worked that well. And so he's trying other things, but he realizes that this is a um, this is something that probably is not going to work out for the best for him. And he knows that his days or his months or even a year are numbered. And so that most of his life, he's always been questioning the faith. And as he put it to me the other day, he says he's an agnostic. And he says, have you read this? Have you read that? And he's coming at me like three or four different directions. He's been a, a conspiracy uh you know, somebody looks under everything for something to be wrong, and that's the way he runs his life. He's a scientist, and scientists are naturally inquisitive and tend to have to have solid rock uh, facts. My father was a geologist. My brother's a geologist, a scientist. Uh, geologists are what I call rock hounds. And, but my father was uh, deep into his faith. He was a Christian. My brother is deep, he goes to church every Sunday. He's deep into his faith. He's a scientist, he believes. Sometimes your beliefs, your Christian beliefs, don't come from facts. They come from feelings, what's in your heart. And if you read the Bible, and you know, you, you, you tend not to say anything. We're the frozen chosen, if you ever haven't gotten that far. And it's hard for us to say, like a Baptist would say, uh, Jesus is my Lord and Savior. You know, we, we, if we went out in the street and, and had a placard that said that on it, we'd be looked at like we were some sort of nut. But that's sometimes what we need to do is express our faith. One of the best bishops I ever had was Bishop Howe in Florida. Uh, he was a known conservative Episcopal priest. He has since left the Episcopal Church because of the change in doctrine and core beliefs. He's now with another group, but he used to say when he'd come out for confirmations, uh, I'd like to have a testimony from somebody who's being confirmed about their faith. Now, if I asked you this morning to give a testimony about your faith, you know, we, we don't do that. But God calls us indeed to do that, to be able to talk about our to be able to talk about our relationship with him. Could you do it? 
You know, the, the one person I know that would do it if I asked him, I'm not going to ask him, is Robert. Robert would probably be able to, to uh, talk about his faith, but some of us are shy about it. You know, in the uh, Bible, one of the uh, preeminent uh, figures in the Old Testament is Moses. Remember Moses when God came to him and said, I want you to lead my people, the Israelites, out of, the, out of Egypt. And the first thing that Moses said to God, but Moses said to the Lord, Behold, I am of uncircumcised lips. How will the Pharaoh listen to me? In other words, he's saying, Man, I won't do this. I'm no good at this stuff. And if you read on, that's in uh, chapter 6, the 29th verse. And then you go to uh, chapter 7, and uh, God explains that Aaron, his brother, is going to help him get through it. But God called, has a calling for each of us. My brother-in-law, as we were talking, was again saying, have you read this, have you read that? You know, and it occurred to me, he was looking for reasons to not believe. Reasons to not believe. And I would maintain that just as many as there are to believe, there are probably an equal number of reasons not to believe. And so you have a choice. As a Christian, you want to read those things and talk to those people who will uplift what you believe, or are you going to be opened up to hearing things that don't justify what you believe? In other words, I compared it with him. I said, you know, you're coming at me, bang, ba-boom, ba-boom. You're sucking the energy out of me. And, and, and in some degree, you're sucking away my faith. And eventually, you'd suck away my heart and my very soul. So people every now and then will give me a novel to read or something like that. I don't read that stuff. I read things about my faith and people who have their faith walk with God. In uh, Psalm 46, verse 10, it says, Be still and know that I am the Lord. Be still and know that I am the Lord. In Advent, we're called to be still. And... And, and to look at our relationship with God and get it on the right track. But be still. We sing the lovely hymn on Christmas Eve. Silent night, holy night. Let God into your heart. Let God into your very being. Let God into your soul. Be still and know that God is the Lord. And so finally my, my brother-in-law sat back and I told him, I said, you know, I'm a miracle. We are a miracle will let God take the lead and perhaps put those blinders on us. When I was little, and I still have it, I have dyslexia. Dyslexia, when I was growing, nobody knew anything about it. It was sort of on the, when I got to the sixth grade, they started, the Orton Society was out there, they were big into dyslexia. And it began to be, oh, maybe he has dyslexia. But I used to get laughed out of school in the third grade. I remember walking home on the railroad tracks and crying and then sort of opening my eyes and smiling because I had a great faith that my parents instilled in me. So when I graduated from the sixth day grade from the Christian day school that my father helped start, the principal of the school came up to my father and said, well, you have Marilyn and Charles and they're certainly smart and then the God created in people like Andrew to become farmers. Up into my 20s, if you were to ask anybody that knew me if I was capable of becoming a priest, they would say, him? 
And I would probably agree with him. But I am a miracle. I listened to God. And at the age of 12, I knew, sitting at the altar, serving as these young men do, I knew that I was someday going to be a pastor. And though my, I didn't have the uh, academic skills, if you will, to become at that point, I knew I was, and nothing was going to stop me. Nothing. When I first read in church years ago in Saco, Father Bert, who was a priest here in the Episcopal Diocese, a really good, ended up being my tutor during seminary. I had to visit with him every week. And uh, he said to me, he said, after you read that first Sunday, he says, I felt so sorry for you. But again, I knew that God had called me to become a priest, and nothing was going to stop me. When I went into uh, holy orders in the Episcopal Diocese of Maine, the bishop that I talked, and he sent me to the committee, and the committee turned me down within 10 minutes because of my faith and my beliefs in marriages between a man and a woman, and we don't take babies' lives. I walked out. I went to Canada, and the bishop up there met, spent three days and nights meeting with me and sent me on to seminary. And I took master's degree program and went through it and got A's and B's. God gave me amazing memory, and I memorized everything that I, I had to write papers 30 pages long to get through that stuff. It took me three and a half years to do it. But I was convinced God had called me to become a priest, and nothing was going to stop me. The trouble with us sometimes is we start off saying, yeah, I believe, and then the world bombards us left and right, sideways, front, back, with all sorts of things that take us away from our faith. But God has called each and every one of us to some degree, to some ministry, to to spread his word. God has called you, and you, and you, and me, to do for him. Now the question I have for you this day, and I guess the question you should ask yourself every day, what are you doing to further the kingdom? What are you doing to keep God as a focal point in your life? What are you doing? Are you telling others? I pray that you are. I pray that you tell yourself. God works through each, not just the priests. God works through each and every one of us to do his work here on earth to get the, the final result in heaven. Be still then and know that I am the Lord, God says. Ponder that this afternoon. Amen.